Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time to go inside the game that was and look ahead to what's up next. What's up next? Ben Bruns has the answers and analysis. It's Cyclone Sunday with Ben Bruns. Only on Iowa Everywhere. Hey everybody, Ben Bruns, Iowa Everywhere, Cyclone Sunday, brought to you by Fairway. And uh, talking Cyclone Sooners, um, got got a lot of uh, detailed questions and asked for detailed questions because uh, unlike certain coaches in the state, we, we like to take on hard question, questions here. Um, you know, I... And yes, that is a shot at Kirk Ferentz. Uh, a great coach, great coach. Um, but you know, like you gotta, you gotta answer the questions. And and so, um, what I did today, I really looked at this entire game, and I watched every single play um, of the offense and defense. Uh, love you guys. Didn't spend a lot of time on you. Um, our defense is. Absolutely one of the best in the country. Um, after the game, one of my good buddies who's an OU uh, fan said that there were five guys on Iowa State's defense that he was super jealous about. Um, and, and the best player, in, in my opinion, that was on the field, the entire field, was TJ Tampa. Uh, the season that he has had, he is the best corner in the Big 12. Uh, he is big. He is fast. He, he is aware uh, Iowa State's defense plays uh, in a way that I don't think I've seen a better defense at reading what the offense is doing almost immediately and, and making plays against it. And uh, the, the way they fill gaps in the run game is unlike anything I've ever seen. And the reason OU was able to run the football a little bit early was because Iowa State uh, was was filling gaps, but they were filling them at at a downhill angle instead of taking a little bit of width. And the speed that OU has wasn't um, being being accounted for in those earlier uh, first couple quarters of the game. Second half of the game, really starting in the middle of the second quarter, Iowa State had adjusted, and all of a sudden those plays that you know we almost had a tackle for loss and ended up going for six or seven were tackles for loss. And the way Iowa State played when, when OU was backed up uh, was absolutely lights out awesome. Uh, Iowa State had tremendous field position throughout this game, and there were lots of reasons why they uh, should have had an opportunity to win. So you say all that, and then you say, well, okay, what happened on the other side of the ball? And, you know, um, I, I guess before I go on, I, I, I will, I'm going to give the big man in the game the entire D-line. Um, I, I just I just can't say enough about them. I think Kendall Jackson played really well at linebacker. 
um, as did a bunch of guys. But, um, you know, unlike the KU game uh, where I rewatched it and I felt like we were better than my impressions were as I was seeing it uh, in real time, I watched this game and my, my impressions offensively were the opposite. Uh, I watched this game and, and it's clear that our offense at times doesn't know what it's doing. And what it's doing doesn't set us up for success. And, and so, you know, um, I'm just going to go through sort of critical, a whole, the entire run game I'm, I'm going to talk about. But um, I'm going to go through and just, just break down snippets, okay? So um, first play of the game, Iowa State on offense. Um, I'm sorry, first offensive play of the game, Iowa State has the ball. It was a really good push by the offensive line uh, in, an, in an RPO look. Uh, problem is that based on the formation, um, the, the defensive end, who was playing outside of Easton Dean, uh, knew that he had help from the outside linebacker because Iowa State didn't have a slot receiver uh, or, or somebody keeping that outside linebacker wide enough in, in the formation. So the, the defensive end slams down inside, and, uh, and Dean scrambling his butt off to try and cut him off. Um, so it's kind of a, a draw all the way down the line of scrimmage. Decker sees that, reads it, throws it to X on the left side, and, and you know the ball, ball really wasn't very good. X didn't catch it. Second play is the interception. And, uh, you know, it's an underthrown ball for sure. Um, I think you all, anybody who watched it again on TV uh, knows that that ball was still moving around when he hit the ground. And, and so it should have been overturned. Everybody thought it was going to be overturned on the TV broadcast. And it wasn't. I don't even know what to say. I mean, just poor work by the replay official. Um, thinking that that was not indisputable, I, I disagree. Uh, third, so second series of the game, uh, third play Iowa State runs. Uh, it's a zone run that goes nowhere. We're running slot into the boundary, and we've got uh, against two high safeties. They they motion Daryl uh, Wilson Jr. into the box. So we motion Daryl Wilson Jr. into the box. Like he comes all the way across the formation. He was outside wide receiver to Iowa State's bench, and ends up lining up basically in a tight end position on the other side uh, of the formation. And because now he's moved across the formation, there's only one wide receiver out wide. The outside linebacker can screw down into the box, and that means the defensive end can uh, can take an inside uh, inside gap. So defensive end crashes inside, just like the first play of the game. And, and this time, our tight end was Jared Russ, uh, and and you know he uh, is scrambling like hell to try and block that guy. Um, there's penetration from that guy, and the overhang makes the play. We come back, though, you know, even though we got a non-productive rundown, um, and we uh, and we get a conversion for a first down, um, and then, you know, you, you think about like margins and plays and how how important things are. Uh, after a couple other uh, passes, we we end up with a bad spot on third down, and you're in fourth and short already, and uh, you know. We're in fourth and short, uh, early in the game. Decided to go for it. I, I don't. I don't dislike that call at all. Um, midfield, you know, it's going to be a game that probably OU scores the ball fairly well. But uh, I, I can tell you, as a center, um, it's it's really hard. Like 
short yardage is, is hard anyway as a center because literally everybody just lands on you. But it's really, really hard from shotgun because you, you know, your, your, your butt is up. Like you can't get down and get screwed into the ground in a four-point stance or something like you can as a guard or a tackle in goal line. And, uh, and certainly there's a chance that that nose guard is, and there's probably a walked-up A-gap linebacker like there was in this case. And you're snapping the ball with your with your butt kind of in the air because that's what you have to do when you're uh, when when you're snapping a shotgun. And uh, um, you know we we good snap, but immediate penetration. And you know uh, I, I I thought it was one of those deals that it's you know Trevor Downing is two yards deep in the backfield on a short yardage play. Um, you're you're not going to succeed, right? You just you got no chance. Fourth and one, and your center's two yards deep in the backfield um, because he's trying to find a way to block uh, number two, who's walked up on the line of scrimmage, and everybody's coming. Uh, you, you you didn't even come close. Didn't even sniff a conversion in that in that setting. And I got asked the question, you know, what do you think about um, not going under center in short yardage? I don't like it, and I don't like not going under center. And I, you know, I've talked about this for years, right? But, you know, uh, there is an advantage to that, and it makes it really hard for the defense to see where the football is. You know, part of the reason why Iowa State's defense is so good is because they play a lot of teams in shotgun. And, and when you're in shotgun, it's very difficult to disguise where the football's going. This, this Iowa State defense, or this Iowa State offense, uh, could do all of that successfully when we had tight ends that were just moving people out of the hole all over the place. But early in this game, Iowa State came in and ran big sets with with uh, two back sets and a, and a tight ends overhang type person, and then brought a wide receiver into the uh, into the box too. And a little bit later, we got a ten man box, and and we tried to run it. You know, it just the personnel don't match the uh, the desire and you can do that stuff if you've got a little bit of misdirection and you've got the threat of the quarterback sneak uh, up the middle but when everybody knows that you're going to hand it off or you're going to throw it uh, it just makes it easier to, to identify I like the center under and, and by the way the Packers you know I'm a, I'm a Packer fan watch them and and their running game could be really good but again it's easy for NFL uh, defenses to identify the um, guy with the ball and when you're in the shotgun all the time they're in the shotgun all the time so um, next possession Iowa State first down uh, run got a doubles look and and so you know two wide receivers to each side five uh, five offensive linemen and uh, uh, we we run an RPO we, we didn't we didn't identify the outside linebacker in the box Okay, but he creeps up in the box. So, in the RPO, we 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 don't identify that he's uh, in the box. We hand it off. The D line uh, does a loop, so so they do an X game uh, on the left side, and and the outside linebacker makes the play. And you know, it's it's hard to say who's wrong, right? It, it's it's clearly. Um, not identifying a guy who could potentially make make a play, but that's what the RPO is designed to do: is to is to 
make it easier to handle situations like that. And, you know, the reality is uh, Iowa State didn't didn't read it right and, and, uh, or didn't block it right. There was enough guys to be able to, to block it and pick it up, uh, especially if the QB has uh, any sense that he could run it. Uh, 5.38 left in the first. We've got a two-back backfield, and there's a, there's a 4-3 look from the defense pre-snap. Defense immediately gets into a 6-1. So they bring they bring guys up on the line of scrimmage, and um, you know we have a, a set that would allow us with a two back backfield to block all those guys, but we don't block the defensive tackle. And the outside linebacker makes a play again. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's hard to win if you don't block the guy that ends up in your gap, and you don't know pre snap who's going to end up in your gap. But somebody's going to. It's got to be gap sound, right? Somebody's going to be in your gap. And so, you know, from an offensive lineman perspective, um, there, there has to be a sense that you are going to take whoever's in your gap. 340 left in the first. We have a slide protection. Daryl Simmons has nobody in his gap. So there's, the gap is void. And there's a linebacker standing over the top of it, right? He doesn't have an immediate threat. But instead of just posting his foot and, and standing there in the gap and making sure that Jake Remsburg fits into his block easily, Simmons slides down the line to no one, and Remsburg now is on an island, and, and, and now there's a pressure, and Deckers rolls out. He hits X on an unbelievable play. But there's no reason that pressure should have taken place in the first place. So is that, is that that we don't know the rules? Do we want to have the rules that it takes to make sure that that, that play works? Or is that we're not executing the rules? I, I don't know. But I can tell you that that pressure should not have happened. 251 to go. Right slot. Um, two backs. It's uh, uh, second down uh, and goal from the seven-yard line. Um, Klotz is at tight end. And again, we motion Wilson into the box. Now we've got 10 defenders in the box. X is one-on-one on the left side of the field. He's got four different routes that he can run to, to win. And we hand it off on a, on, a, uh, on a G run where we block down with the tackle uh, in, the, in the center. We pull the guard uh, and then bring, bring the uh, two back uh, to try and basically, basically a version, modern version of the, uh, of the sweep. And uh, <laughs> five guys beat us at the line of scrimmage. The play goes nowhere. Right? But, but you got one-on-one isolation at the top of the, top of the screen for us watching on TV again. And ten guys in the box. Um, it's it's a lot like the fourth down play, where honestly everybody was isolated, and and you know you got uh, X out there, and and that should be a win. I say uh, fourth down play at the end of the game. Um, third and goal. They rush three. They spy Deckers because Deckers had beat him already with his feet once. And good coaching adjustment by OU. Uh, you know, as soon as Deckers beat a, beat him with his feet. They started spying him. And, you know, um, you, you got a chance to you got a chance to score, but 
uh, you end up having to check down to Jarrell and uh, on the on the four yard line throw it to him and you settle for a field goal. So, um, you know, OU comes right back with a good drive. And just as I'm saying that Brent Venables really isn't a very good coach, because like we have lots of data set that would say that that's true. Uh, they, 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 we go for a field goal block on the three yard line and, uh, <laughs> and they just block our guys, right? They block two linebackers, uh, and blow us out of position. And, uh, all they got to do is get a, get a hand on, on Bo, uh, and, and they get a, enough of a block on him and the guy runs in with, without uh, being touched. And, I'm telling you, Will McDonald immediately recognized what was going on in that play. He came off and started to rush, and then he scrapes across. But he's on the entire opposite side of the formation, so he scrapes across the whole thing and almost had a chance at a tackle because he's that heads up. He's that smart of a player, and uh, you know they just had us. They just had us beat by position. Um, Next series, we start uh, uh, first down with with one of what, what I saw as three pass interference penalties that don't get called um, against OU that day, and that that matters, right? So if you're if you're not overly dynamic and and you know a bad spot here and there, um, you know missed pass interference call. There was one down the field earlier to X in the game that should have been called. They just didn't. They just didn't call it. So first down. Now, now all of a sudden, second down. You, you throw a six yard out to Shaw. It's a little bit too hard. Um, Knowles open underneath, and then uh, it, you know third down. You get a five man pressure. They spy Deckers uh, at the at the back back end with the nose guard on that one. He steps up in the pocket, uh, throws it to Knoll, but uh, it's just it's just a little behind him. He would have converted the first down if he could have gotten the ball out. But uh, um, balls, balls thrown a little behind, and you got a punt. Six minutes left in the second uh, second quarter. We're back uh, running out of slot, two back, no tight end this time. We got a six-man box, no stunts. We pick up the six, uh, even though our, our, our center changes where he's comboing to the guy he's trying to target for a combo mid-play. Mid um, we... we we could have been heavier on the down guys, right? But still a good play. Like, like guys getting covered up, guys uh, moving, moving people. But I saw it over and over in, in the game, uh, and I'll bring up a couple more cases. But, you know, offensive linemen don't, do not need to commit in zone run. You do not need to commit to the linebacker until they commit to line of scrimmage. And it was tough because OU was bringing run blitz. They were identifying things early. Um, sometimes they'd be downhill fast, but but a lot of times they were hanging. And Iowa State was just has been all season long too aggressive in getting up to the second level to block um, to to block linebackers when there's an opportunity to move a D lineman another half a step, like drive that guy another half a step. And and the crease opens up the hole for the back just gets so much more defined, but you can't distort the defense. If you're always having to try and win one-on-one matchups across the O line, uh, two plays later, we, we, um, uh, we run a screen. It's a great play. So you're set up, you're moving the ball. It's third and one. You got 4.06 to go in the second. 
and we snap it over Decker's head while he's directing traffic. And, and it would be one thing, you know, it's uh, third and one, right? Uh, Decker's wasn't ready for the ball. And, and in a rundown, like, that, that is, that, again, that's hard, right? You, 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 but it was a slide protection, and we just fire the thing over his head without him looking. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're stuck again, and, and you're punting. And, you know, even, even at that, you're not out of the game. You're, you're in an okay spot. Like, this is not the end of the world. So 115 left. Uh, we're driving at the 26-yard the, uh, line. Um, and our offensive linemen uh, basically, basically turn and just run down the line of scrimmage to the left. Weak side defensive end crashes in. Um, and we had plays like this in my day where it, it was essentially a bootleg, right? And you just wanted a ton of action going, going one way. Uh, and so literally, if guys ran up field, you didn't care, right? So as long as they ran up field uh, away from where the bootleg, bootleg was going and you got a little piece of them, it was all right. Well, that's what this play looked like. I, it didn't look like any of the other zone stuff that we had run to that point because everybody was working so hard toward Iowa State's bench. Weak side defensive end crashes in, which all day is a keep read. Give the ball to the running back. Don't block the left defensive tackle. Get blown up for a three-yard loss when Hunter Deckers would have run for at least six. Uh, a minute left. It's third and ten. Uh, Stanley's open. Decker's just threw a little bit too high. But still, we end the drive with a field goal. But you can see that there are opportunities where things that we just don't execute, not because of something that the defense did, but because of something that Iowa State didn't do, and, and you end up with points off the board. Start off the, the second uh, half. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that first play was uh, with the rollout with Decker's, but uh, the second down run was awesome. It was a good box. There was good assignments, good blocking angles. Iowa State picked up a first down. Uh, next play is the sack. O, o, uh, OU rushed four and got home after a twist uh, on the left side. Didn't get handled, or I'm, I'm sorry, on the right side. Didn't get handled between um, Simmons and Remsburg. And uh, you follow that right back up with, with a good screen on second down. Um, third and 10, you, you, they, they bring the blitz again. And uh, Sean Shaw makes a great catch, but it's for a five-yard gain. So you punt. And, and you know, that third and ten, uh, you, you anticipate the blitz is coming because OU's been dialing it up. It's hard to call a screen twice in a row, right? Like, who, might, who are we fooling? But OU progressively was increasing their pressure in that series. And the screen game had worked better for Iowa State in that game then I think I've seen it work for us in a really long time. That's a big highlight of this game is how well Iowa State executed this screen game. Maybe if they'd have run one more there, it would have been okay. But um, if, if, if some butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. I don't know where that came from, but it's an old offensive line coach saying. Ten minutes left in the third. We get it back uh, after Jalen's penalty for throwing the football at uh, uh, number 25, Jaden Knowles, for uh, Oklahoma. We got back to our own four. But we got a good drive going. It's first down at our own 22. Uh, we bring Noel in motion, run option to the, to the boundary, uh, to the tight end side, and we get eight with Norton. And, you know, this is what I imagined our run game would look like. Use the M in motion, run the quarterback, 
put stress on the edges of the defense. And, and you know, when Matt uh, came here uh, from Toledo, that's a lot of what Toledo did, right? That M position was a real threat to run the football regularly. It was a real threat in the option game. And it just hasn't been so much uh, in, in our adaptation of it here. The next play, we run it for 12 yards. Guys getting blown off the ball, like covering people up, beating people up, just really good. Follow that up with a short completion to uh, Noel, and he fumbles it out of bounds for like a six-yard loss on a crossing route. We get a check down for no gain to Silas uh, after not being able to press the ball down the field. And then uh, OU blitzes again, and we've got an incomplete pass. Because the right side of Iowa State's offensive line is blocking big on big. Okay, they've got, they're both covered. They both have big guys on them. The center and left side of Iowa State's offensive line are running a slide protection. So they're sliding away from the middle linebacker. The running back, who in this case was um, Jarrell, ends up not taking the linebacker. And, it, and he looked like he was running a slide protection where he thought he had the defensive end and the O-line should have slid down inside. And, and again, I don't know who, who was right or who was wrong, but I can tell you that um, you can't have two of your guys running a big-on-big protection and, and the rest of everybody running a slide protection and think that you're, you're, you know, your quarterback's going to have to throw the ball before he's supposed to because the middle linebacker is literally untouched running up uh, the middle of the formation. Second to five, um, 338 to go in the third. We're running the football again. And, you know, we just work to the second level without double-teaming anybody. And, and we end up with Downing standing there five yards down the line of scrimmage with the linebacker just kind of hanging out because the left side gets stuck on a twist. Um, Simmons had a stalemate with the defensive tackle, and we barely pick up a yard. And, you know, like there was nobody really in the center's gap to start with. But, like, how do you work up to the next level? you got to, you know, uh, and, and I don't – I don't mean to single out any any one guy. This is this is about everybody, right? And what are the rules and how do you do it? And and I don't know how these guys are coached because I, I don't know if they had the same, if they were taught the same thing that that I was, right? If I was taught to, if there's nobody in my gap, get to the second level and block that guy, then I'm doing exactly what I was taught, right? And and so I can't tell you as much as you might want me to about who's like where did this come from? I can just tell you that. It doesn't match up with what I was coached to do and, and what we were accountable for when, when I played. And um, again, doesn't mean that doesn't mean that Steve Loney was right, um, but uh, there's something that isn't quite working. And and you know I know that if you can spend more time on down linemen, you can move them more, and you and you have a chance to um, to get a crease. Uh, okay, we do two rollouts, and on third and six, uh, we got to play against coverage, and, and we got you know a PI that doesn't get called again, and we're punting. Defense comes back, they play great, they force a punt, get the ball back at the 50 yard line. Start of the fourth quarter, we got a couple good runs, people are covered up, we're blocking downhill, and then uh, on first down we call a screen to X that went nowhere. Second down we RPO uh, throw to Shaw that should have been caught. 
Third down, there's a wide receiver screen to X, and, and Stanley misses the block, and it goes nowhere. And there's a fourth down conversion uh, on the roll left to Stanley. So all of a sudden, you're, you're, you know, you're moving it. You're down in, in, in the red zone. First down, X is defended by a corner on the outside, and, and we've got a tight end slot left against a six-man box. It should be a run look. Jarrell just runs into the back of two guys for, for a yard when there's probably, there's probably four there. Um, again, it's not any one guy. It's not any one situation. It's just not sharp. Second down, we got that same formation where Daryl uh, Wilson's in tight. The safety's over the top of him because he doesn't have to worry about anything else. So guess what? As soon as the ball snapped, he shoots inside because he can see the shotgun snap. He knows the quarterback's about to hand the ball off. He's got nobody in the pass game to worry about um, because he knows that, that he can see the run handoff take place. So he just shoots the gap and, and blows up, uh, you know, blows the scheme up. There's no one in the run game that, can, that accounts for that guy. You don't plan on blocking him when you set up your run scheme. But the fact that Wilson is tight to the line of scrimmage just outside the formation brings him down in the box where he can actually play the run game, and now all of a sudden you, you get blown up. Uh, a couple plays later, thank God for the fourth down conversion, right? Great throw and catch for a touchdown. And, and Iowa State, you know, back in the game, baby. We're, you know, you, you cap the drive with success. Nine minutes to go. We run the football. We're going to the second level again too fast. Hufford's guy uh, penetrates and blows the play up. And, uh, you know, you're just, you're just not, just, just not, um, not taking care of the DL before, before you take care of the LBs. Interception, uh, you know, it's a safety blitz. It got picked up. We throw it late over the middle. Uh, it's a great play by the safety. You probably should have gone to the left side where the blitz came from. You know, that's... Um, but there's a lot going on, and, and um, you know, Deckers was throwing the ball down the field. He probably has been getting peppered with, you got to throw it deeper more, you got to throw it deeper more, and it's true. Like, Iowa State could have stretched the football down the field more than it did, but the couple of times that we tried, we got it picked. 5.35 to go. We uh, throw the uh, third pick of the, of the day, and the ball was, the deep ball was open down the right side. Just, just probably a bad choice, right? The linebacker did a good job with a deep drop. He was in good coverage, intercepts it, gets it all the way down to the three-yard line. Nice play by Deckers to get him out of bounds and give our defense a little bit of a chance, but now they got the ball, you know, ready to go up two scores uh, again, right, and, and punch it in on you. 4.35 to go. It, it's it's uh, We got the ball back, and we got a good drive going, but you're down two scores. And OU's super happy to let Iowa State throw it underneath. And, and uh, I can't say enough about how good the throw was to Stanley uh, for that big game that he had. You know, stepping up in the pocket, good awareness, uh, good accuracy, and, uh, and a big play. Uh, Darrell Wilson uh, had, a, had a drop on the third down play that, that could have been a first down. That, then that then takes time. Iowa State converted on fourth down to X on the next play. But, you know, um, 146 to go. You got three timeouts left. You're down two scores. You're uh, in the red zone. And Iowa State, uh, you know, is in a wing, uh, is a wing tight end uh, look versus a six-man box. Should be a run look. 
There's 1.46 to go in the game. We don't block the nose guard on a zone run play. I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, it, it looked to me like uh, it's probably a missed assignment, but it could be miscommunication, right? Because I see the right side of the offensive line playing heavy on the, on the guys that uh, were on them instead of, instead of coming down in the gap where the nose guard was and, and working up to the linebacker level after that. And so it's either, it's either a, a blown call or it's a missed assignment uh, in, in, um, by, the, by the right guard. Uh, you know, I, I, I love the fourth down uh, play, right? I mean, you, you got what you want. You got your guy out there isolated. Uh, extras didn't come out of the break quite quick enough. And uh, I think the throw's not bad. Um, but, you know, obviously a little, little outside. X uh, can't get out of the break fast enough. And, and uh, you know, what could have been a touchdown wasn't. And that's the game. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm going to let everybody draw their own conclusions. I, I don't, I don't have the answers. You know, um, people talk about firing people. People talk about coaching people. Um, people talk about execution and, and, you know, none of us that are, that are, uh, not in that locker room or not in that film room know what it is exactly that we want. Um, if, if I was Iowa State the rest of the year, I mean, if you just asked me what I would do, um, I would put a pretty substantial package in where I ran the football out of, out of uh, or, or I worked in, in shorter yardage situations to be under center and, and have options. Uh, there was a great, there was a great, uh, segment on the NFL Network about this uh, like a month ago now and about how much more difficult it is to defend a QB under center in short yardage than it is to, to, you know, a QB in, in shotgun. Um, I think, I think Hunter Deckers can run the football effectively. And I think the RPO game is not as effective as the zone read game with what Iowa State has going on from a personnel perspective right now. And what I mean is having tight ends or um, fullbacks in the game um, is, is beneficial if they don't bring more guys in the box. But with more guys in the box and overhangs and stunts in the, in the D-line uh, able to occur, we get a much more straightforward base defense if we play a spread look. And we can still run the football. I'm, I'm convinced we can run the football. And I, and I like the motion with Noel because I think he makes the defense defend horizontally. Now, he's also good down the field. But, you know, that idea of a more conventional um, zone read scheme with a spread look, I think is Iowa State's best personnel opportunity to, to move the football consistently this year. Um, but you know, um, I get paid like a hundred dollars to do this and, and, uh, you know, you, those guys get paid a lot more. So it's not, it's not something that, um, any of us can, can try and say, oh yeah, this is the problem. 
you know, if, if those guys that don't do their jobs do their job, uh, it, it's a different story, right? Um, if the formation's a little different and there's not all these dudes in the box that have a chance to just run down a line of scrimmage at us, that, that's probably a little different too. So it's a combination of things. And, and you know, um, I've been around Iowa State football a lot longer than most of you probably listening to this. My, my, uh, I grew up a Hawkeye um, in Northeast Iowa. Um, Dan McCartney came to Iowa State and, and things were different and it was exciting. And I wanted to be part of it. And uh, you know, ever since then, in 1995, uh, I have been a cyclone. And um, I've seen us go through years that are a hell of a lot worse than this, all right? We have a lot of really skilled people I mean, TJ Tampa, Tampa, if he could go to the NFL next year, would be like a second round pick. You know, he's a, he's a dude. Will McDonald, like these, this defense is the, one of the best in the country. And I think the frustration probably that we have is that we, we feel like we should have a comp- complementary set of execution around the offensive side of the football. And I don't think that's an unfair criticism, right? We started this by, by talking about coaches, you know, taking on criticism, right? Um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a thing of the modern world, right? Let me just say this. Everything I said today is based in the facts of watching the film. And, you know, um, when it doesn't come together, we used to have a saying, the big eye in the sky doesn't lie. And... And it's true. And, and there's so much opportunity out there, right? There's so many, uh, there's so many chances for Iowa State. We're, we're not a long way away from it. We're really not. And, you know, people accuse me of being in Matt's pocket or, or you know, um, like, uh, I can tell you this, doing a podcast like this where you break down every last play, like, it, there's nothing comfortable between coaches and analysts, okay? So anybody who thinks that I'm just a fanboy needs to understand that's not true. I respect what they do. I respect how hard it is. And, and to, you know, talk about it, like, <laughs> you go back to the KU, we probably should have won that KU game. And there's things we could have done better on offense. This whole season, a lot of the things that I'm talking about are things that, that uh, could have been done better. And at times we've done them better. Times we've played really well on offense. But OU put their guys in a better position to be successful and they read things quickly and they played downhill and they made plays defensively. And Iowa State um, wasn't consistently good enough. And, and made mistakes on offense. And, you know, that's, that's, how, that's how you end up only scoring 13 points, right? Um, with, with plenty of opportunities to have scored more. So, um, the sun's gonna come up tomorrow, uh, and the next day and the day after that, and it really comes down to what we choose to do about it. And, um, you know, I think that's true, as true in these players' lives, as true in these coaches' lives, as it is in anything else out there. So I would encourage you to um, think about uh, what, what it is that, you know, we all can do better, right? Because the, these kids 
and the staff are doing the same. Like, what is it in my life that I could do better? What is it that I could be more proficient at or, or you know, excel at? Like, um, it's, it's, uh, it's just they're under a big time microscope and that brings fame and fortune, but it also brings scrutiny of, of the next level. And so I hope, uh, I hope this was helpful for everybody. Um, I realize there may be some questions that I didn't cover uh, on Twitter, but um, if you want to follow up with me afterward, uh, certainly can. So thanks so much, everybody. Cheers. Thanks uh, to the Iowa Everywhere crew. Thanks to Fairway for sponsoring. Um, love you guys, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Iowa everywhere.